Well, hello, homesteaders and farming hopefuls. It's November and fall is in the air here in Ohio. We've finished all of our planned travel for the year now, and it is into the final push to the farmer's time of rest, winter. In today's episode, I'm talking to a super entertaining, memorable lady, Amy Dingman, 11-time published author from A Farmish Kind of Life website and podcast. She's also a Facebook blogger, a thinker, and a foodie. We discussed how homesteads and little farms are a different kind of wonderful, despite the difference between our dreams and then the reality, and how it's okay to just enjoy the experience of homesteading itself. Amy shares the experience of buying a pregnant sow and the ensuing adventure that she'll never do again. The big theme, however, was farm awesome food, from the idea of box elder syrup to adventures in smoking turkeys into edibility and how great ingredients and from scratch farm cooking actually changes people. According to Amy, raising your own food turns you into a food snob and it somehow fills you up in a different way. I agree. We discuss how scratch cooking makes a difference in the family dynamic and how homesteaders intentionally choose a different kind of life. But it's not just about doing things the by hand way. It's so much more. Why do we homesteaders choose the seemingly harder choice? What is that? We've got some ideas. I'm Judith, shepherdess and owner at Fairhill Farm, where not only do we raise hair sheep and dairy goats, but we help raise new farmers. On this podcast, we seek to support, inspire, educate, and entertain. My mission is to help you accelerate your own successful regenerative farming adventure, no matter how big or small, because I believe in a future of interconnected small farms being the backbone of a local, resilient food supply chain. You can read more about my work on www.fairhillfarm.blog. And now, enjoy the interview, and maybe just maybe, a homemade carrot pie. Well, welcome, Amy. Nice to see you. It's nice to see you, too. Well, why don't you tell the audience uh, who you are and a little bit about yourself and what you do and what you're up to. I am Amy Dingman. Most people know me from A Farmish Kind of Life, which is a website and a podcast and a whole bunch of different things. YouTube channel, got all the things going on. I live in central Minnesota on a five-acre farm. If you can't tell from my accent, Minnesota, that was a real Minnesota, right? Uh, so I am in Minnesota, a five-acre farm. I live here with my husband of 23 years and our two adult children. They are 19 and 20. Uh, we homeschooled them all the way through. They are now adulting and and doing their thing. They technically live here, but are never here. You know how that goes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. What do we have here? We have chickens, ducks, pigs right now. Uh, the garden is done for the year, obviously. We've had our first frost already. Uh, we have in the past, we've had horses, we've had goats, we've had pheasants, we've had just about everything except for cows and sheep, I think is pretty much the only thing we haven't tried here. We've got raspberry patches, grapevines, big gardens. I don't know, lot, lots of different stuff. Uh, our barn is, let's see, how old is it now? It was built in 1918. So uh, that is fun. We have a big red barn here, which is kind of just the, the focal point of the whole farm. Everybody really loves it. So mm -hmm. still usable, still taking care of it. It really needs a roof, but yeah, that's next on the list. So yeah, that's what we're doing. Well, that's great. Uh, so you're a published author. You have yeah. three books, four books? 
Oh gosh, I think I just published my eleventh actually. Oh my so goodness, I, I'm so sorry. It, no, I no, no. I few, I write oh. under uh, two names, and I wrote fiction under one name, and then nonfiction under my real name, Amy Dingman. So yeah, I've got a lot of books out there. Write about all sorts of different things. And the funny thing is, I was just talking to a friend, and we were discussing about how most people know me as a homesteader, right? And you know, I'm always on social media talking about homesteading and the reality of homesteading and all that. And I've never written a book about homesteading. <laughs> I've written about homeschooling. I've written about frugal living. I've written about communication and like goal setting and all that, but never homesteading. How does that work? How does that work? Maybe that should be the next book. I don't know. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. There's a lot more people interested in homesteading these yes. days. Yes, that is true. Have you seen it? Well, how long have you been doing what you consider homesteading? We moved to the farm in 2011. Um, I did not grow up in the on a farm. I grew up in the country, but not necessarily on a farm. I would say we had 13 acres and it was woods and um, creek and swamp and all of that. It wasn't farm. My husband grew up in town and we got married and we just knew we're going to move to the country someday, not necessarily that we were going to have a farm. And um, it just kind of turned into we want a homestead and, you know, to do the Ma and Pa Ingalls thing and, you know, do that whole homesteading thing. And yeah, yeah. so 2011, we finally made it to the farm. And yeah, that is really neat. So I think that, well, I, I started my uh, homesteading journey um I think in like 08, 09, I didn't know it was okay. even called a homesteading right. at the time. Right. I just yeah. thought I was being, you know, frugal and doing the stuff yes. that my grandma used to do, canning mm -hmm. and making things by hand and starting with whole ingredients and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and now it's an, it's got a name and a thing yes. and it's, it's a whole trend. So yes. we bought our farm in 2013. So I think you okay. and I yeah. were kind of doing yes. things around the same time. Yeah, my husband and I are going to be celebrating our 25th anniversary next year. Actually, this awesome. year, uh, well, 2020 in 2024 in the next six mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. And our kids are 22 and 24. So I think you and I have a lot in common. Yeah. I didn't homeschool yeah. them though. I would have loved to homeschool my kids. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a wild experience. I Bet. I bet it was awesome yeah so even at the age that they are it must have been a struggle for you i think there's a lot less of a stigma around it today mm -hmm. than oh yeah back when you know you started with your kids yeah. yeah i didn't know when we started homeschooling i knew one other family that was homeschooling yeah so it was very you know it wasn't it wasn't a common thing to do and so when i said to my husband hey i think i want to homeschool he was kind of like you want to what <laughs> You so yeah, did but it? I am. Yeah. So glad. So glad it's um, my husband works in law enforcement. And so his schedule is insane, like mm -hmm. is the nice way to say it. And mm -hmm. homeschooling and having that flexibility was just I think we had a life as a family that I don't think we would have had, you know, had they been in public school. We just had the flexibility to dad's off. It's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, let's go to the cabin, you know, or let's do this cool thing as a family, or let's just hang out. You know, it was just, it was very cool to be able to do that. So neat. neat. Yeah. Are your, are your kids glad that they were homeschooled? I think so. <laughs> you know, they don't <laughs> they, say they weren't, but I would say they haven't claimed that you've ruined no. them or, or deprived no, them from no, social probably, interaction or no, all the no, normal. No, no. no they're, claims. they are both musicians and, um, oh this, yeah, it's, the things that they were able to do and the time that they were able to pour into different things that they were interested in was 
so much more, I think, having decided to homeschool and just they had a very free and easy upbringing, I should say. You know, they had they had some <laughs> flexibility that some other kids don't. So it was fun. That's, that's true. That's yeah. very true. So let's talk a little bit about what you're up to lately. You write about a bunch of different topics. How do you choose your topics? <laughs> the the topics that I write about are normally what I'm focusing on at that point in my life or what I'm struggling with at that point in my life. Um, you know, if I'm writing about goal setting, it's usually because I've had to work through goal setting or I've seen something come about in my life because I really buttoned down and, you know, worked on goal setting and then, okay, now I want to share this with people. Or, you know, the last book that I just released was about communication and, you know, everything from making small talk with people that, you know, are strangers and you're like, I got to do the small talk thing, you know, everything from that to how do you communicate with your spouse and why is it so hard for males and females to talk to each other because we have a totally different way of looking at things. And that really, you know, has a lot to do with communication and, you know, stuff about social media. If you are online and you have a presence on social media, you you see all sorts of things, <laughs> all sorts of things in the comments and just crazy things that people say and you have to learn how to deal with it. So that was something that I was in the middle of. So I said, hey, that's going to be the next book. So <laughs> yeah. And homeschooling. I wrote about homeschooling because that's what we were doing. And people were asking, you know, for help with this. And how'd you deal with that? And, you know, I, yeah. I, I love the title of your homeschooling book. The Homeschool Highway. And the subtitle. How to Navigate Your Way Without Getting Car Sick. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a series. There's three books in that series, but I can't remember what I first wanted to call it. it was It was basically the same thing, but it was a little more... I don't want to say vulgar, but I think I, you know, something more about vomiting or throwing up or, you know, <laughs> and someone was like, no, you can't name it that. So we came up with, uh, you know, the car sick thing, but yeah, it worked. Oh, that is funny. So yeah. what are you on to lately that you have been talking? What's on your mind lately? What's the big thing right now? What's on my mind lately? I, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, you, you move to the homestead and you have all these plans. Mm -hmm. It And you think being at the homestead is going to be a certain way and a certain thing, and you're going to live out this life in a certain way, and you get to the homestead, and I'm sure you know this, <laughs> it's not exactly what you think it's going to be, or the things you thought you were going to like, you maybe don't, and the things you didn't think you'd like, maybe you do, and there's just this whole learning thing that comes along with homesteading, and, and you go through that, and then I'm at a point right now where... I've had to learn the homestead is, is kind of here just to be our place to be. It, it doesn't have to be this thing that we're pushing products out of. It doesn't have to be a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, th I think it's so common now for people to say, I'm going to move to a homestead and I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to have all these products. And it's going to be about all this thing that you can, all these things you can take off the farm and teach people about or whatever. And Right now, I, I I don't know. We're just in a stage of life where I'm very, I'm just very thankful we have the farm and it's just our place of peace and our place to be. And that's okay too. And I don't think that people talk about that enough. Like there's always this, this thing the homestead has to be and it's got to be this great, wonderful, ta-da, you know, something that you talk <laughs> about on YouTube or, you know, you have this big, you know, whatever. It's It's just very 
comforting and calming and and this is our place and we built this life that we have and it's what it is and it's a nice place to come home to so yeah 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 I, I think um one of the things that I was really surprised by was the shift in the quality of life yeah I mean, yeah I wanted I wanted it I never thought that I was going to make money on a homestead honestly <laughs> I, yeah, I just, yeah. I just didn't because it doesn't make sense. I mean, people can barely make a living farming. So why would homesteading suddenly right. make me wealthy? That's, that doesn't, right. yeah, it's nonsensical, but, um, I didn't want it to be like a completely big, uh, massive money drain either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it has to pay its own way in some way, yes. I would think because yep. of all the time that's required, mm -hmm. but even that is not quite as urgent anymore. I mean, there's certain things, I think when we first moved in, we had a lot of repairs to do. I mean, this property had been pretty much neglected for a decade. So yeah. there was not a single flower planted. There was no flowering bushes. There were no fruit trees. There was no fences. Our, our mm -hmm. barn had no back and no front door. I mean, <laughs> it still needs a new roof, but thank God I got right. new gutters last year. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, there's a lot to be done. So I felt that urgency from a money standpoint, but after mm -hmm. it was sort of at a cruising speed, I just feel like, you know, if it feeds us and it's a good mm -hmm. way of life and it's mm -hmm. a place for the family to visit and for yeah. people to come and learn things. Like, I know what you're saying. I, Cause I, that really resonates with me. I, mm -hmm. I've kind of tempered down my expectations too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, you move to the farm and I think in some communities, there's this push to, we're going to move to the farm and we're going to take care of the world. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think we got to a point where we're like, we need to take care of us first and make sure we have enough to eat and we are mentally okay and we feel at peace and we can deal with life. And then if we want to and feel moved to, we can move outside of that and you know move that out to other people. But I mean, I guess a simple way to explain that would be when we first moved to the farm, you know, we had other friends who had moved to farms or who had just got into, you know, ha having a homestead. And so they were all gung ho about how they're going to sell their eggs from their chickens. We're going to sell our eggs and we're going to make all this money or we're going to have a market garden. We're going to do the farmer's markets. We're going to make all this money. And then what happened is now their farm was for customers and they wouldn't have eggs for themselves. So I would have friends who would say, we have all these eggs and we have all these customers who need eggs because we've promised them these eggs this week. And I had to go, they're saying, I had to go to the, the store and get eggs for us because we didn't have enough, you know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. or you know, things with the market gardens, like we, we sold all of our stuff and we didn't keep anything back for us. And I'm like, wait a second, that's, you know, if that's how you want to do it, that's great. But that is so not where I am. That's, I the farm is for me and my family first. And I don't think that at least in the communities I'm in, that doesn't get talked about enough. I think it's more, what can we do with the farm for other people? And yeah. 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 I I I agree. Um I can't say that I've ever had us go without eggs in order to get <laughs> eggs to the customers. Maybe one yeah. week, but yeah. except for that, I'm like, okay. Um, when the ladies stop laying, we're not doing egg clove right. from November through March. And right. that's it. Sorry, it is what it is. So yeah, I kind of manage the customer's expectations. A long time ago, mm -hmm. I read, um, 
I don't even know which one of the books or maybe one of his seminars, but Joel Salton said, Hey, just be honest with your customers and they'll stick with you. And yeah. I took that to be, tell them, Hey, uh, hail destroyed all my tomatoes. Right. Sorry, no tomatoes right now. Right. Um, you know, coyotes ate all my chickens, uh, no eggs for a while, or right. sorry, that turkey I was going to sell you for Thanksgiving, it got like disappeared by something right. wild yeah. in the woods. Yes. Right. So, and I, I really stressed over that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and people just said, okay. I was surprised at how okay with that they were. And it really gave me kind of this inner peace. Yeah. So, yeah, but I would definitely felt that stress at the beginning. Yeah, I definitely felt some of that. Oh, I gotta you know meet these demands. Yes. I don't want to turn people away. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. Like even okay, so you're the homesteader <laughs> and you're providing this food. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you're the person who has decided I'm going to buy from the homesteaders, I'm going to buy locally. Mm -hmm. There's that whole learning experience of oh, what do you mean? There's no eggs. Because normally you can go to the store and you can get eggs. You can go to the store and get tomatoes. You can go to the store and you can get your turkey. You don't understand. Oh, wait, that turkey got decimated by something out in the woods. That's what happens. And so I think it's like this learning thing for everybody. It's true. They, that's a good like, point. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. Um, hmm. <laughs> So do you sell anything from your home, your homestead? Not anymore. No Not anymore. Um, when we first were here, uh, you know, it was eggs, of course. Oh, everybody come get the eggs. And um, one year, I think we did chickens because we do meat birds. And um, wow. it just even just selling to family and friends, you know, so you can kind of get away with, you know, it's just for family and friends, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was still so much more work than I wanted to do. Just yeah. pulling other people into the process mm -hmm. just was more work than I, it was more than I wanted to deal with. And so uh, we have a couple people um, that we will say, uh, if you stop by there, if there's extra eggs, they'll be in the garage fridge and they are, we're okay with them going into our garage and grabbing extra eggs. But um, it's not, it's not something that we do for a lot of people because I just, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, it, it's, it's, okay. um, it's, it's funny because that was one of the things like, we're going to move to the farm and we're going to have a farm stand, or we're going to have like a little thing by the road, which is funny because our farm is on a dead end dirt road and there's no traffic. So I don't know how I thought people were going to be driving by our farm and find <laughs> our eggs. You know what I'm saying? So, but maybe there's going to be, you know, okay. So there's a sign and come down our road and then there's going to be eggs. I, like the idea of that, okay. But then the reality of people stopping at our house whenever, just pulling in our driveway and hey, do you have a I don't want to do that. I don't <laughs> I don't want people just stopping in my house. Yeah. I th I think I do, but I don't. <laughs> like the reality <laughs> of it is like I don't want to deal with that. So it's it's one of those things. Like you think your homestead is gonna be one thing, uh -huh. and then you get there and you're like, wait a second. No. <laughs> That's, that's really funny. That's really, <laughs> yeah, you're making me laugh there. It's so true. It's so true. Oh, so you have this thing called the Farmish Papers. Yeah. Could you I talk do. a little bit about that? This is fascinating to me. Like since I learned about the Farmish Papers, I'm like, this is so cool. It's just like so interesting. So the Farmish Papers is basically a snail mail newsletter that comes out every month. It is six pages. It is black and white. And it is just something you can subscribe to. It is 
like old school kind of here's something cool to get in your mailbox that is not spam that is not useless information you know it's um there's a lot of different it's it's morphed when i first started it i think we're almost in our third year so when i started it um it, it was very much a lot of homesteading information like how to homesteading mm-hmm. kind of things and gardening and there and there's still that but um it it's it's really kind of morphed into deep thoughts about life and deep thoughts about the homestead and just kind of what's going on in my brain. There's always recipes though. There's always recipes on the back page. So that has not changed, but yeah, I, I send to, let's say, I think we're up to 41 States now and three countries. So that oh is gosh. super fun. Yeah. Oh so my it's, goodness. How yeah. fun. And I always um, put a little personalized, like post-it note, um, little note in the newsletter for each mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just fun. And I like to do it. So I don't know. It makes me happy. I I was that kid who, you know, I remember being like 11 years old and having a million pen pals and just like writing letters and being so excited to get stuff in the mail. And so I think this is kind of going back to that a little bit. So, yeah, it's me nerding out and pretending I'm 11 again, I guess. But a lot of other people like it. So I guess there's a lot of nerds like me. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's I think there's uh, some novelty to the return to uh, snail mail. Yeah. And things like yeah. that, you know, um, and obviously you being a writer is it helps with the uh, <clears throat> your fluency and ease of communication through the written word. Yeah. But, yeah. It's so, fun. Yeah. What are, are you a purely a freelance writer? Is that what sort of pays the bills there? And keeps things running for you from um uh yeah mostly it's writing stuff and stuff for my websites and it's basically all writing actually so here's the weird thing um for like the last 18 months I've actually had a job outside the home uh working in a friend's shop they have kind of a custom car sort of shop and they needed help in their office and this was about the time that both boys were graduating And I was like, okay, what's the next stage in life? What are we going to do? And my friends needed help. And I was like, awesome, I'll go do this. And I thought it was going to be great. And I went through 18 months of realizing that really I just want to be home. And that was really a a weird thing to realize that I just like I want to be home at my farm and taking care of my farm and taking care of my family and that was like really weird to realize because I just kind of felt like okay the kids are grown that part of life is over awesome let's move on and that didn't happen spoiler alert that didn't happen so actually uh last week I actually just put my notice in so I'm going to be done working there um by the end of this year. So finishing up a few projects for them, but yeah, just very much like it was so strange to realize we moved here in 2011 and we built our life a certain way. And in order for that life that we built to continue, Mm -hmm. like I, I think human beings are very resilient. And when you get to a spot in your life where you come up against something, I think very often human beings can deal with that for a little amount of time because we're human beings and and we just adjust and we make it work. When you get to the point that you're like, okay, this new thing is our new normal, Mm -hmm. then you have to say, okay, what do we need to change in order to make this work? So interesting. 
it was it was very strange because you know here I was raising all this wonderful food and growing this big garden and I had this barn full of animals and I'm coming home from work with gas station pizza because oh. we have no time you know and the other thing is that my husband works nights so I would get home from work at like 6 or 6:30 and he'd be getting in the shower at 7 to go to work and so we're totally missing each other and it was just like Nope, we're not doing this. So, yeah. But it, um, it was 18 months of getting amazing perspective on my own life. Because I think sometimes you don't understand certain parts of your life until you step out of it. Mm -hmm. And so it was great to get that perspective. And <clears throat> sometimes I think when we're so much in our life, we don't realize what life is like for other people. Like, you know, because it's different for everybody, you know, depending on what situation they're in. And so I was able to see some of that, you know, working outside of the home. So I don't regret it, but it is definitely time to be back home. So so do you feel like that time away from the farm made you appreciate it more? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just like in ways that I probably can't even explain yet. Really? It, it brought you clarity or is it a oh, yeah. way of living thing or was it just a time management thing or? Uh, it's, it's everything. It's, okay. um, I think like as far as time management, I believe that when you have a task, it will swell to fill the time that you have to do it. So mm -hmm. if you have to get that done in a half hour, you'll get it done in a half hour. If you have three hours to get it done, it will take you three hours to get it done. Having, I just realized like there's ways I could have been way more productive when I was at home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my gosh, like you could be doing so much more. Um, but yeah, just like clarity on like how we choose to live and how, yeah, it's just different. And I appreciate the choices that we've made in how we choose to live. I appreciate them more now having had to struggle with them a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. while I was gone. But yeah, so it was necessary. It needed to happen, but we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Next phase. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, you mentioned that um people move to the farm and then they realize something isn't quite what they had expected but did do you have any stories about some of those sort of aha moments um well uh when my husband and i were like we're we're gonna buy a farm we're gonna move to the country we're gonna have a farm it's gonna be amazing he wanted horses okay. and i wanted goats those were the animals we were like these are the things we are so excited and got to the farm, got the horses, got the goats. And about three years later, <laughs> when we sat down to go, okay, well, I, we had other stuff going on in our family and had to adjust a bunch of things. Um, and, and we sat down and we're kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? The horses and the goats were the first things that left our farm because oh. we realized <laughs> For as much as we thought we wanted them, they were not what we thought it was going to be. So, <laughs> you know, we're basing all this stuff on horses and goats are going to be so great. And they just, they weren't what we thought they were going to be for various reasons. On the flip side of that, um, 
when we moved here, one of the animals we talked about was getting pigs. Now, I wanted nothing to do with pigs. I was like, I don't want pigs. I mean, I like bacon, but I don't want pigs. I don't, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sat down and had a little family meeting. When we first moved to the farm, my parents actually lived here with us for two years. So oh. we kind of had this little family meeting. What are, you know, what do we think? And, oh, yeah, let's get pigs. I was the person in the house that said, I don't want to get pigs. But I was outvoted. So I was like, all right, we'll try them for one year. And then we'll, we'll see what happens. I am not kidding you. Pigs are my favorite animal <laughs> that we have on the farm. Why? Favorite animal. Why? Why? I don't Help know. Me. Okay. <laughs> They're just like, I love their personalities. They have personalities like through the roof. They are just the coolest animals. And I think they're easy to raise. As long as you have good fencing and you can keep mm. them in, I think they are just a breeze. So, yeah, like pigs all the way, horses and goats, no, apparently. So, okay, I understand that horses are hay burners. I'm I'm a horse yes. person. And I yeah. really am hoping that 2024 is going to be the year that, you know, we actually get horses. Yeah, um, yeah. Still TBD. But, yeah, uh, you know, goats, I have several i have yeah. a dozen dairy goats and i love them i absolutely love my goats yeah, yeah they've got yeah. oversized personalities yes but i started with nigerian dwarves and they're like mm. parkour masters they are yeah. escape artists and yeah i didn't like them but the bigger goats the nubians yeah. and the la manchas mm-hmm. i just fell in mm-hmm. love with them yeah so this kind of makes me snicker here that's so yes. funny we had la manchas was one of the goats that we had and um like it was just, I think, oh, we're going to have goats. It's going to be great. We're going to milk them and we're going to do all this stuff mm-hmm. with the milk and it's going to be so fabulous. And then we finally got them to the point where we were milking mm-hmm. and then nobody wanted to drink the milk. And I was like, uh-huh. so why, why are we doing this if nobody's <laughs> going to drink the milk? Like what? <laughs> I don't drink milk. My husband doesn't drink milk. My kids were goat milk monsters. Like before we moved to the farm, we got goat milk from someone else. And then they mm-hmm. just decided, you know what? We're really not into goat milk. <laughs> we're not milk drinkers anymore. <laughs> I, I well, guess it's I, a good reason to get rid of the goats. It's then. a good reason to get rid of the goats. Um, and the horses, it was, um, I think my husband thought he was going to have more time for them. Mm. right after we got the horses he got promoted at work and just was not around enough to make it you know they just were like pasture ornaments and we felt bad about that so it was it was more like we weren't going to use them for or in the way we thought we would you know we thought we'd be riding all the time and doing stuff and we just weren't so yeah 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 um we got a guardian llama several years ago Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm when she showed up and her uh, got delivered in the trailer, uh-huh. there were two mini potbelly pigs that came along with her. <laughs> it's like, I don't recall ordering these mini potbelly pigs. <laughs> Maybe they thought you wouldn't notice. I said, uh, excuse me, um, is this for the next stop? Cause this is not <laughs> stopping here. And she's like, oh no, 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 they're for you. And I said, um, I really don't want pigs. And she's like, I know you really want the llama. I was like, I got the distinct impression. If I did not accept these two ba- pigs, she was going to drive away with the llama. And I said, oh, my word. Yeah. I said, oh, well, are they both females at least? Because I don't want to deal with, you know, a male and everything sure. young. They're little piglets. And mm-hmm. she checks them and she's like, yep, they're both females. I'm like, all right. So we hadn't planned on it. So mm-hmm. 
we were we just threw these two mini potbelly pigs in with our goats into this this paddock i mean it, it happened to work out really well because this paddock had just been reclaimed remember i told you that everything had been yes. abandoned yeah so we pretty much carved a trail through the woods and then mm -hmm. put a fence through that perimeter area mm -hmm. and let the goats go to business and everything mm -hmm. on the inside and the pigs really helped with that a lot i was mm. amazed at how yeah. much work they did but after having them for i think two three years they had cleaned up so much they had done their job i'm like mm -hmm. well now i gotta buy pig food and this this isn't fun and they're not really friendly <laughs> so a lady bought a trio of uh, lambs from me and i said do you need a couple of pigs to help me clean so you pass them along in the I same manner. I these pigs along go. with the sheep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did the same thing. Now That's I wasn't awesome. quite as, I wasn't quite as uh, twisting her arm quite as hard as I got mine twisted. Yes. You know, but they're still with her and they're doing a great job. So awesome. I got to mm -hmm. tell you that I was surprised <laughs> at how effective the pigs were. Oh yeah. You know the thousand noises that they make and oh yeah they're just very entertaining they really are mine mm -hmm. weren't friendly they don't have mm -hmm. big personalities like yours but mm -hmm. what do you do with your pigs are they are they pets or do you use them for they are food you, you raise okay you raise them for yes harvest okay yeah and we <clears throat> we did um the first not the first pig i think the second pig that mm -hmm. we got was a bread sow oh dear Oh dear is right. So oh, that can be an adventure. I understand. It, it really was an adventure <laughs> because, okay. So the first time we had pigs, we had actually gotten two cast offs from a local farmer who the mom had had piglets. They weren't expecting them. They had like three that were just sitting there. They were brand new. Would you like these piglets? Oh, heck yes. We'll do that. We have no idea what we're doing, but we'll take those piglets. Three pigs. Woohoo. Three pigs. Awesome. So those were the first two that we raised up. That was awesome. Then we're like, oh, pigs are awesome. This is great. We should get into pigs. Like we should, you know, like have piglets on the farm. Mm -hmm. It'll be awesome. And so we we found a bread sow and it's going to be great and awesome. And when is she due? Uh, the beginning of April. Awesome. We're ready for her. The beginning of March, I walk out to the barn and I'm like, hmm, I don't know a lot about pigs in labor, but I'm pretty sure you're in labor. You know, so I get mm -hmm. on the computer and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, she's in labor. So a month early, the guy really didn't know what was going on. You know what I'm saying? I think she's due in April. I don't know. She's due in March. <laughs> she had March, April. Yeah. Minutia. It's fine. <laughs> so she had 15 piglets. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I know, right? I'm like, what are we doing? Oh, my gosh. So that was an adventure to say the least. Clown it car was, pig. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it was very stressful. I decided I didn't want to do piglets anymore. Like that uh -huh. whole experience was like, I'm not doing piglets anymore. Um, but uh -huh. we still do pigs. We get feeders from a local farmer who's about three miles away every year, raise them up. Um, but yeah, wild. And we we do all our butchering and our processing here on the farm. So we do oh. all our own animals. So that year that we did the, we had the 15 piglets, we realized we need to get rid of some of these because we ain't butchering 15 pigs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I yeah. think we got rid of seven. Mm -hmm. So oh. we still had eight. It's a lot of butchering pigs. Yeah. You know, when I realized yeah. that <laughs> the day we're butchering, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. So now we normally do four a year. 
this year we're only doing two. I just, I just think back to that year that we did eight. I'm like, what were, <laughs> what were we thinking? What were we on? Like, I don't even. <laughs> that was wild. I will never do that again. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> Thankfully, wow. we had friends who decided, "Hey, we'll come help you butcher." And we we had so much pork. We're like, "Here, take a whole pig. Here's your payment for helping us butcher all these animals. Here's oh a goodness. pig." They're like, oh, "Okay, yeah." It was there was a lot of pork that year. Wow, it was wild. Wow, that does sound wild. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> So uh, you also do meat birds, you said, meat chickens. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Do you still do them every year? Um, almost every year. We did not this year. Um, okay. We didn't last year because we couldn't find any. I think it's because everybody was getting into chickens and meat birds and it was really mm -hmm. hard to uh, get your hands on them. This mm -hmm. year we didn't because I was working and I wasn't quite sure, like, you know, just trying to figure things out and we just didn't get them. Um, but normally mm -hmm. we have meat birds every year. We raise like 50 a year and then mm -hmm. butcher them and get them in the freezer. And it's very funny when you get used to eating the chickens that you raise and then you're like, we'll go to the store and buy some chicken. It's not the same. It's, it, it's not it, the no, same. It's not, it's not. What, no. what, what do you, what, what part of the difference really stands out to you? just the taste the smell what do you think of the smell i don't notice i don't know that i've ever noticed it's i'll been have my to pay attention it's been my, well i hope you don't <laughs> <laughs> may you not have to buy chicken from the grocery store okay. but anyway in case you do um one of the things that got me is that the first time i bought a chicken it didn't smell like anything i'm like yeah like the lack of chicken smell and that sort of struck me as it's funny and so then after eating non yeah air quotes chicken smelling yes. chicken now if i go to the grocery store god forbid mm. uh or i'm over at someone's house and they're preparing something and i pull the chicken i'm like Bleh. like i can smell it like it's, oh, that's it's interesting. a strong smell yeah i mean texture obviously you know yeah. taste yeah the color of the fat all that yeah but the smell of hmm. raw chicken really got me in that it was absent here and now when i smell it elsewhere it yeah. is almost nauseating to me hmm. yeah i wonder why that is dun, I'm, dun, dun. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure it has something to do with the factory farming and sure <clears throat> stew that they're living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um what do you actually produce for yourself on your farm so it sounds like you do your pork you probably have chicken in the freezer for two years yep. what, what, what um, do you actually produce for yourself what else we have ducks we do ducks oh, we really? used to do yep yeah we do muscovy or muscovy depending on who you are okay. ducks um we used to do pecans now we do the other ones we used to do pheasants we consider going back to pheasants hmm. but we haven't um, this year we were talking about doing rabbits, meat rabbits, mm, mm -hmm. but also didn't get them because I was working. <laughs> mm -hmm. We have so many things to do next year. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Turkeys. Sometimes we do turkeys every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think so that's it. I feel like I forget. 
What's on your short list for 2024? It's on my short list? Yeah, like gotta have this. I've decided. It's the next thing. I don't know. I know. Well, we need to get back into meat birds. I mean, yeah. the chickens, because we haven't had those. Um, We really want to build a smokehouse. We've been talking about that for a while, oh, building fun. a smokehouse because we smoke so much of our meat. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's, we've been talking about that. I would like to tap our trees. That's something we haven't done. Oh, wow. Talked about doing that this year, but didn't again Mm -hmm. because I was working and I was just all sorts of crazy in my head trying to figure things out. Um, We have a few maples here, but we have a ton of box elders, which I found out you can tap box elder trees. Tell me more. I know, right? The ratio. like So for a maple tree, it's like 40 gallons of sap will give you a gallon of syrup. What? Yes. That is a, a very lot. low ROI. I am it's sorry. A that's a lot. That's a... Now oh you God. know why maple syrup is so expensive. Uh, sounds like it's it... worth it because it because it's worth it. Okay. Yes. So, but box elders are sixty gallons to sixty gallons of sap to a gallon of the syrup. So, <laughs> but they're out there, so I could run a tap line and just see what happens. You know, it's there. I might try it and decide, no, I don't want to do it. It might be like horses. Yeah, maybe like, no, no. Or it might be like, that was cool. Never know. What time of year do you tap the trees? And spring. The sap? Early spring, right? So I think like the temperature has to like fall at night to a certain, you know, it's like when it's cool at night, but getting warm during the day. That's okay. when the sap starts running. So yeah how many gallons of sap come out of i don't know i don't know (laughs) i guess it depends on the size of the tree and the age and everything and how much water it's probably it's it's like well how many animals can i fit on an acre you're like well it depends right so right i bet it's the same but oh wow right i mean i see pictures of like huge five gallon buckets like hanging from taps Mm -hmm. You have to empty those every day, I guess. It's a lot. I had a a local friend, actually, the people we get our feeder pigs from, Mm -hmm. tapped trees, and I helped them once dump the buckets. And it, but they had a huge tap line, tons and tons and tons of trees, and it was, mm -hmm. yeah, dumping bucket after bucket after bucket, and like they were tapping for someone who actually had like a sugar shack, so like big time kind of things were, you know, they just had these vats of stuff that they were boiling down and. I know it takes a really long time and I don't know. I just like to try it just once to be like, was it worth it or was that silly? (laughs) You know, you don't know what to try. Well, and yeah, it's similar to the smokehouse, right? I mean, trying in a smoke. And so is that like, I have an electric smoker, but a smokehouse is wood fired, right? Well, you can do electric too. I think our whole, like we have two smokers, like electric smokers, but Mm -hmm. we smoke so much stuff. We would like to have something that's big, you know, to be able to Mm -hmm. do a bunch at once. So my husband's been researching it for a while. You know, do we want electric? Do we want wood fire? What's the advantage? What's the disadvantage? You know, it would be cool to do wood fired because that seems very old fashioned and very you know, real, right? Just like that's the real way to do it. Authentically but it, primitive. Authentic, Come on. yes. Yeah. But it takes so much attention. Oh. You know, you really have to pay attention to that. If it's electric, set it and forget it. 
So, hmm. Yeah. That I would, I would have, I would have some. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I'm, one of my questions would be, is it possible to convert from one to the other in case you feel right. like you made the wrong choice? Ooh, <laughs> I should ask him that. I could be, could we have like dual fuel kind of thing going on? Can we do like. Yeah. Well, get his brain going about that. That's what we'll do. Well, smokehouse, that's going to be like a gateway to charcuterie and things like that, isn't it? Can you imagine? It would just I be... can imagine, especially if you're raising pigs. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. See, that's something I would love to get into. Mm. That is a dying art. That truly is a dying art. Yeah. That is something that not many people know. And those are things that, like, very specific things that get carried along through certain ethnicities yeah that's that's a precious sort of um almost like a not even heritage i'm, I'm struggling for the word like, a, <laughs> like an heirloom almost like an heirloom skill mm. like like that your one of your ancestors passes on to you right you now yeah yeah that's neat wow smokehouse huh wow yeah. not bad not bad yeah. at all they could smoke a whole couple of hogs there you could have some right. more piglets and hang them up and have right. smoked hams have a bunch of turkeys smoking at once that was the thing when we Ooh. raised turkeys the first time mm -hmm. i did not realize how much because i think the minimum order was 12 turkeys right mm -hmm. Okay, so I get 12. I think two died. So now we've got 10 and we mm -hmm. raised them up and they're huge. They're yeah. absolutely huge, right? When we finally butcher and we're like, wow, we maybe should have butchered these like 10 weeks ago, you know? <laughs> but oh my word, they take up so much space in a freezer and you don't think about that. You're like, yeah. oh my goodness. They took up an entire upright freezer to freeze these birds so then the next year we were like wait a second we're gonna part them out before we freeze them smart because then it won't take up as much room but what mm -hmm. i what i realized is i don't like turkey as much as i think i do oh i mean i like turkey but what i really like is smoked turkey <laughs> so that's when we realized let's start smoking our turkeys and then and then we we ate them much faster it wasn't like, oh, we have six turkeys left in the freezer. What should we do with them? It was, do we have any turkey left? Oh, there's only one left. <laughs> because smoked turkey is so amazing. It is. It really so is. Good. So I'm good. I'm sitting so, here pondering, mm -hmm. putting the two frozen turkeys that I have in the freezer right now <clears throat> into our smoker. Yes. Because I've got six, seven, eight, nine. I've got 10 turkeys running around outside mm -hmm. that need to be dispatched within the mm -hmm. next few weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Smoker Can you smoke it and is... then freeze it smoked? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you do that. Oh. Oh yeah. Yum. You got to brine that. it first though. Make sure you brine it. I brine my birds. Excellent. That's a thing I do. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Mm -hmm. You you are on track. It's going to be amazing. You're going to go smoke those birds. Mm. Well, now that mm -hmm. you told me to brine them first, that's the that's the secret, I'm sure. Yes. Ha ha. Are you getting hungry? I am. Actually, like, oh. I am actually hungry right now. It's like shopping hungry. You know, we're chatting with me hungry, talking about food. Like, stop talking about food. I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it's fine. 
it's getting visceral here. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my big thing that I'm always doing, you know, some of my other missions and my other stuff yeah. that I do is I, I, I'm a big believer in local foods. Mm -hmm. And so I enjoy sharing samples of things and giving things away. And I, yep send things to relatives that are different food stuffs, you know, from the farm, you know, for Christmas and edible mm -hmm. gifts and things like that. Cause yeah, I, I, I want to ruin eggs for people, right? I, I want to make sure that <clears throat> they can never buy a flat floppy yellow, like sad. Yes. Failed I know grocery store egg again. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. ruin food for them because uh, then they'll know what, real food tastes like i'm writing that down i want to ruin food for people <laughs> i'm writing that down go for it i want to ruin food for you yeah yes. i do um because what's the point of eating crap food i know i know and it's, it's so just, funny because mm. people will it, we don't go out to eat a lot because oh, i don't either the my favorite restaurant is my house <laughs> like we make the most amazing food here it's just I know there are people that are like, we're going to go out to eat at this nice, wonderful restaurant because they have great food. And there are great restaurants out there that have great food. But mm -hmm. by and large, it's like, I don't want to go out to eat and pay that kind of money when I can eat at home and it's going to taste a million times better. And cost <laughs> one-tenth as much. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It, it, I it love nice. our food. I, I feel the same way. It's funny yeah. you say that. I feel the same way. Um, and since we raise sheep, we eat a lot of yeah. lamb. Okay. And when I go out, sometimes I'm curious just to try lamb and yeah. I'm invariably disappointed. And then we have <laughs> a friend, sorry, and I'm bragging if you can do yeah. it, right? Yeah. So, and then we have a, a friend who's a grass-fed cattle farmer right down the street. Okay. Um, yep. And my daughter lives there on their farm. Okay. Um, and so we, we trade lamb and beef and, you know, we nice. get some beef from them and stuff like that. Yep. And invariably that beef tastes better than certainly better than grocery store beef, but sure. better than something I get at the, at the restaurant. So when I go yeah. out to a restaurant, being inland, you know, Ohio, yeah. 500 yeah. miles from the ocean, I usually go for seafood. There you go. <laughs> because, eh. But um, I'm really reluctant to get beef because yeah. I am disappointed at the results for the ridiculous price that it costs. Yeah. Like filet. raising your own food oh. turns you into a food snob. It really does. Just in more ways snob. than one. You're right. But in more <laughs> ways than one. Yes, I mean, it's totally true. I mean, again, you know, you learn how to deal with the ingredients, but it's also honoring the ingredient because you took yeah. the time to care for the oh, yeah. animal and yeah. you put the care into it and you gave yep. it good food and a good life. Yes. And, yeah. You know, you say when you raise your own animal the right way, it only has one bad day in its life. Yep. Right. Yep. And there's, I think that's in the food. I think yeah. that's in the food. I think that's in honoring the ingredient. I think that's in the care that you put into cooking yeah. it properly. It doesn't go to waste. Right. Um, yeah. It there's it's a different way of living. It it spills over, yeah. you know, into yeah. a lot of things. Well, and I think even it's not even that the well the food does taste better, but I I honest to God believe it fills you up in a different way. Like okay. I feel like so it. <laughs> I hit something, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding! Yeah, you really did. Because I tell people that I tell them that there's some sort of extra satiation happening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can eat a small bit of steak, but if you go out to the restaurant, it's like you could eat more, even though mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not liking this as much. I don't know 
what is with that? Like, I don't know. Does, does your body start to detect the nutrient density? Is there something biological happening beneath the radar? And is it legit? What is that? Because you're not the first know. person who said this, but I've been working on this theory for a long yeah. time. I don't, I don't know, know what it is. I just know what it feels like. I don't know the science behind it or the magic behind it. I just know it just fills you up in a different way, in a more satisfying way. And it's not just meats either. For me, it's produce yeah. that I've grown yeah. to. It's across the board. Yeah. I wonder. Hmm. It's interesting. I'm sure someone must else have thought of this. Now I'm going to have to research this. I know. Damn it. I'm going to add this to my ever burden. There you go. It's all of things I need to research. I'm a research (laughs) nerd. Are you a research nerd? Sometimes. 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 I go through streaks of, Mm. yeah, got to look that up and then, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nutrient density in food is a real thing. Mm. Yeah. And I I think that's, that's the funny thing about when I was working outside the home so much and like, we're, we're, we're getting enough to eat, we're getting enough calories, but it's, it's all crappy food that we're just like shoving into our body because we need to eat because I'm not home to make these. When I was home, I would start dinner at four and we'd eat at six. Mm -hmm. It was like a big, like, okay, I'm going to make this thing, whatever it's going to be. And it's this big, awesome wonderful thing and now we eat and we're full and it's great and we we move on with our day and it's like just the process of eating that meal as opposed to i brought home gas station pizza let's scarf that down it's just it's such a different it's such a different way to eat like just it is yeah yeah Yeah. it's I, I think when people cook food at home, especially if they've grown it themselves, but yeah. when they cook food at home, I think there's a different type of relationship that you have with food. I think it's yeah. more stop, savor, enjoy, yeah. family event, social, chit chat with each other. How was your day, dear? Not quick, make the stomach yeah. stop growling and then just keep on running. Like yeah. If you didn't yeah. take the time to cook it, you don't, it's right. Well, you don't want to drive your food like a rental, right? I mean, if right. you, yeah. But <laughs> but when you take the time to cook it properly with yeah. love and care and, and honest mm-hmm. ingredients, I, I think it shows through. I really yeah. do. Yeah. And then that goes and just, I mean, and I think you were getting to this, like it, it just eating like that and living like that just spreads out into so many different things. It's it yeah. And, and I don't even know if you can fully explain that. I think it's just, if you live that way, you understand this is a thing and then it affects this, which affects this, which affects this. And then it's just your whole thought process and how you view the world and how you just, it's all of it. And it's hard to like pull that apart and explain it, but yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Did you come to that sort of realization in pieces or did you sort of like, did it hit you or did someone tell you about it? Like, how did you come to this? I mean, I got to this realization too by inches, don't get me wrong. But um, I think, think <clears throat> I think most, I don't know if it came in pieces or all together, but I think I was reminded when I was working full time and didn't have time to do all the stuff here. And then mm. just how 
okay, now I'm in the morning compute commute. Now I'm here. Now I'm getting my, um, you know, fancy coffee drink. Now I'm just like this whole different thing that becomes this like very slippery slide down into a different kind of life mm-hmm. and how like everything affects everything affects everything. And you just, you look back and you're like, wait a second, like, how did I get here? So, and I think for me, that was very, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's just mm. something as easy as being able to stand at the the stove in the oven and create a meal takes you one way. And then not being able to do that takes you a totally different way. And I don't know, I think I'm still processing it, but yeah. That's a meaningful revelation though, that you had for yourself. Yeah. What about your kids? How do they feel about that? I mean, now that they're getting older and they're off doing their own thing, do they say, mom, I miss your cooking or, you know, I didn't realize and, or I really, I really like our food or do they, have they had any I, of these sort of, you know, moments that they've they come haven't back and talked really, to them? They haven't really come out and said anything, but I know like when I was not cooking at home and so there wasn't like there wasn't a meal and then there wasn't leftovers and there's not stuff in the fridge to grab mm-hmm. you know because everybody's kind of going in and out there wasn't that that knowledge that someone is at home making the meal and making sure there's food and i think that was more of what I saw an issue with or what I saw like them dealing with or everybody dealing with, it was more, there wasn't someone there to do it, Mm. you know, rather than what food is in the fridge. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but it was, it was very, it seemed like when I wasn't in the kitchen making all this stuff and just being that kind of rock that was there that they knew was there, um, like there, there was a lot of, it kind of felt like everybody was bouncing and, and nobody could just like chill. Hmm. That's kind of sweet and interesting. <laughs> I, <laughs> you painted a very vivid picture of it. And, and I, 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 uh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's resonating. Um, yeah, that's interesting. My kids, they, when they go travel somewhere, mm-hmm. they'll go visit their grandparents for a week or go different places or like my son went camping for a week and he's like, oh my God, my stomach is so messed up because I'm not used to eating all this crap, right? And my daughter, I'm like, woohoo, we're going to the beach for a week and at the, or two weeks, you know, at the end of a week, she's like, my yeah. stomach is so messed up. Yeah. Yeah. I think some people actually have physical reactions. Oh, sure. Other stuff that's. Yeah. In, I want to say other food, but really it's the stuff that people put in food that's not yeah. food at all. I think yeah. that's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Now that I've been home more because I actually, before I gave my notice, I actually went from full-time to part-time just to like, okay, oh, I'm going to cut my hours and see how that works. And then I was like, no, this just isn't where mm-hmm. we need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to part-time, then it was like, okay, now I'm home to cook a little bit more. I made sure I was off with enough time to be able to like make a decent meal again. Yeah. And it was just, my kids would come home from work and be like, oh, there's food. Like, just like that look on their face, like, oh, there's food here, you know? And it was Aww. just like, hmm. you know, like, this is one of those things like you don't realize is a big deal, but just that, that little change, it was like, whoa, 
It's you know? a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal. And I think, yeah, I, I think it's a big deal. Um, yeah. Even though my daughter doesn't live here anymore. You yeah. Know, she comes over for dinners all the time or yeah. she'll say, I'm going to stop by tomorrow morning before work. I'm like, okay. She shows up and she's like, <laughs> you cooking anything? Yep. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, coffee's yeah. made. Here we go. Right, Come on. Right. Yeah. Omelets. You know, yes. Go get some eggs. And and it's but like I don't want to paint the picture that my kids don't know how to cook or my husband doesn't know how to cook because they are all amazing cooks. They are amazing oh, they are? cooks. That's good for oh, you. Yeah. yeah. You they did, oh, good for they you. all love right. to cook. Yeah. I love it when they cook for me. But you know, having said that, like it just I don't know, there's something about just having that person. And it do, it doesn't have to be the mom. I'm not saying it has to be mom. I'm just saying that person that's like there to be like, okay, this is the home and this is this is what we're doing, and I'm here if you need me. You know, like I'm here to take care of the thing and run the errand and deal with the problem. And like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, that's, that's a whole nother rabbit hole to like, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Whole nother but that, thing. Doesn't that mindset you think come from the farm, farmish kind of lifestyle, right? I mean, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that people who, at least in my experience, people who are drawn to, um, a homestead or farmstead or farm type of life tend to be of that ilk in the first place. Like that's important. It's important enough for them to make the effort and yeah. do that work. You know, it, it, it's, it's, I didn't grow up on a farm. Yeah. I Nope. Um, first generation in, I think maybe four generations, yeah. three generations ago came from the farm and I'm the first one to return. Um, only one in my family to have a farm. My family is like, why do you do that? It's so much work. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, yeah, but there's a trade-off there. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's a funny thing. What do you think about yeah. that? It's interesting because I was thinking, I can't remember what book I was reading recently and I wish I could remember the title, but it was something about, there's something about like challenges on a farm and how that's actually like how sometimes we we choose the more difficult life, you know, because it's not easy. Mm. But there there's also something that you you get from it. And I, I don't try to think of how <laughs> it's okay. So here's the thing. When I the kids would like rip their clothes when they were younger. They put a tear in their clothes. And my husband would say, that would take you two seconds to fix on the sewing machine. But I preferred to sit on the couch with a needle and thread and do that by hand. And I don't know why. But there was something about that that I was like, like, I don't know if it was connection to the thing I was doing. I don't know if it was like, I don't know what it is. But sometimes I almost feel like we, we will get like accused of doing things the hard way. <laughs> but it's almost like, you know, like there's an easier way to do that. Like I had someone, someone the other day, why do you raise your own food? Like literally one of those things, why do you raise your own food? You can buy it at the store. My entire family says this to me all the time. Yeah. And I can't like, I could go to the store. Yeah. If I wanted to be like, well, this doesn't taste as good or, you know, and, and yes, we can go to the store and we can buy food. So why is it that we make the harder choice? Like why? And and sometimes it's hard to explain that with food because you're like, okay, there's all this thing. But like, 
I prefer to do the dishes by hand. I have a dishwasher. I use it, but I prefer to do the dishes by hand. Why? Why do I do that? That's the harder way. It takes more time. Like, what is it about that? And I think that's true of a lot of people who are drawn to homesteading. It's like, we we want that. And why is that? I don't is know. It, is it that? Is it that? I'm going to quote Jeremy Clarkson here for a second and say, hey, I did a thing, right? <laughs> right. Is, is it that? Is it that thing? Like needing to do a thing? I don't know. Heather Benson talked about that. She she talked about that in her uh, Stacking Bales podcast. And she mm. she talked about the need to actually do a thing. And that really resonated with me because um, we stare at computer screens. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got our cell phones. We're emailing and texting. And before I, I quit the rat race, the, uh, you know, business exec rat race, it yeah. was, I would come home exhausted with literally nothing to show for it, which is why I started off as yeah. a weekend warrior out there digging in the dirt and exhausting myself on the weekends to uh, get to air quotes, relax, come, um, <laughs> right, you know, right. Monday through Friday, and then like blow my, you know, like yes. my mental capacity out. And then my body was rested, but my, like I, the body mind differentiation, and I wasn't balancing them there very well mm -hmm. until I moved to the farm because mm -hmm. I was doing something with my hands. I was cooking yeah. from scratch more. I was, you know, animals, farm chores, things like that. Um, it's doing that thing. It's sewing something by hand. It's, it's doing the dishes by hand. It's there, there's something to that. I, I, yeah. I agree with you. I don't know what it is, but I think it's that, um, pursuit at least for me it's it's a pursuit for something concrete in ever increasingly you know virtual online and electronic world that's interesting you say that because when i would come home from work i would be like really tired and i didn't know why because i didn't do anything you know i was like working in an like i didn't do anything why am i tired i sat on my butt all day like why am i tired and then there's a different when you work on the farm all day, mm -hmm. it's a different tired and it's like a a fulfilled tired, like a I did something, like I accomplished yeah. something. So yeah, I think I think you're right. It's it's like I when I when I was working, it's like feeling like you're clawing it, like you're trying to get ahead, but but what are you doing? And you're like like you're not getting anywhere. Like what am I accomplishing? I'm just going to go back and do the same thing tomorrow. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not moving ahead. I'm not, you know, but then on yeah. the farm, it almost feels like you can see, okay, <laughs> I did this and here's what happened. And it made me tired and it worked my body and my mind is happy and I got sunshine and it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. The thing. I mean, even the work that you do for yourself, like <laughs> at the end of all that work, you have 11 books. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's a lot of work, but it's but it's yours. And yeah. you own it as opposed to yeah. working for somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, you bring home that paycheck, but you own those results in some way. Yeah. Like, I find it less fulfilling. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose if I was a physician or something like that, I'd find it more fulfilling, but you know, like curing people or helping people or whatever. But uh, no, I was doing call center stuff. It just wasn't all that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> just listening yeah. to pissed off people on mm -hmm. the phones more and more <laughs> every day okay mm -hmm. 
new company, mm-hmm. new job, more pissed off people. It's like right. the flow that never stops. I'm like, what's yeah. the point? What is the point? Yeah. Yeah. So when your family says, why do you do that? It just, first of all, does anyone else in your family, are they, they have uh, homesteads or farmsteads? Farms? Um, yeah. My, my dad is on a farm. My mom is on a farm now. Oh. I mean, we didn't, we didn't grow up on farms, but um, they are both remarried and mm-hmm. are on farms. Um, I have farmers in my family. The people who, who say to me, uh, why, why do you do that? You know, you mm-hmm. could just go to the store. I, I don't know if that's ever been anyone in my family, but okay. um, yeah. And, and I don't, I, I feel like for a long time, I couldn't even say why I did it. Mm. You know, people, people would say, why don't you just go to the store? And then I feel like, well, yeah, I could. And then I feel like I needed to defend myself and I couldn't even do it because like, it was just so hard for me to be able to say, cause I want to. Cause that's what I want to do. Like, I felt like I had to have some reason bigger than that. Like when I decided I don't want to work outside the home anymore, like I tried it. Okay. I don't think this is right for our family. Mm-hmm. It was like, I had decided that a while ago and I had to get to the point where I could just say, cause I don't want to. And that that's the reason I, I don't have a reason more than that. You don't have to. Right. But it took me a while to be able to say that, you know, to be like, because this is a life we want to live. And I'm 44 years old and I don't want to like if I was 20, maybe it would be different. But I I raised my kids like we we built this life. This is our life. That's Mm -hmm. what we're going to do. Yeah, I think there's a lot of social pressure. Um, Oh, yeah. I'm 52. And when people say, well, you know, why do you want to do this? Or why do you want to do that? I, I, <laughs> I'm the same as you. I feel like I have to, because yes. blah, 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 list right. off facts and reason right, right, right. because, and all the things. And it's sad that we have to do that, that we have that yeah. social pressure. Yeah. But only 2% of the population is on farms. So I think there's a real disconnection. Like people, mm. it's so foreign mm. that they yeah. really don't get it. And yeah, I'm, do you get like crazy curiosity about like, what's it like to live on a farm? Like, do people, are people like that with you? You get those questions? Um, oh, I've always wanted to do that. What's it like? Maybe, maybe when we first moved here, but uh-huh. I'm not so much anymore, I suppose, because I don't get out much. <laughs> I guess the people that I talk to, like, already know, you know, we're crazy and whatever. This is our farm. But yeah. It's farming for introverts. Is farming for introverts? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, I mean, we live in the middle of nowhere and, you know, we're on a dead end dirt road and it's awesome. Like we don't, we don't need to talk to anybody if we don't want to. And I'm okay with that. It doesn't sound like an extrovert thing. So maybe, maybe it's not the farming's for introverts, but farming might not be for extroverts. Maybe. Did I say that right? Or, or you just need to make a point to leave your farm. I don't know. I mean, but I, I do spend like you do spend a lot of time with yourself, you know, okay, I wake up and I'm going to take care of the house. And now I'm going to go to the barn Mm -hmm. and I'm going to deal with the animals. And now I'm in the garden and there ain't nobody here. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, just me, myself and I, and the birds and, (laughs) you know, so yeah, I can see how, if you were a very, like, I need people, it could, Mm -hmm. it could be difficult. I suppose. Yeah. 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 I almost feel like sometimes when I have a whole bunch of, um, uh, 
engagements and, and obligations. It almost feels like an intrusion. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel that. You get that too sometimes? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so what do you guys do for the, for the holidays? Do you do any special foods or any special activities? Are you all Martha Stewart um, crafty stuff or you have traditions? No, no, not much because like, um, probably because my husband works the job he does holidays are pretty mm -hmm. weird for us just because we don't know if he's ever going to be home but yeah um i don't know i i come from a family that loves food so you know when we go to grandma's house or we go to mom or dad's house it's mm -hmm. there's always plenty to eat and we eat very well and it's yummy so uh, yeah 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 when i was growing up um again, didn't grow up on a farm, but my mm -hmm. mom always made specific foods for, mm. you know, Christmas time and certain mm -hmm. foods for different, different mm -hmm. holidays. It was always very mm. um, food oriented. Yes. And now I'm into food, but not into these traditional making these other traditional foods. It's, it's mm. a funny thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, just special cookies and special things like every mm -hmm. year she'd make a gingerbread house or something like that. And that was always fun. Mm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't carry that forward. And I feel a little bit guilty about that because I know how yeah. to make a kick-ass gingerbread house and I just don't. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> I've like ever done a gingerbread house. I don't know if I've ever done one. No, they're wild. Fun. Yeah, hmm. they are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So what is your, um, what is your favorite food to cook from your own if you could put like oh, all of your repertoire, do you have like a favorite thing? Uh, a favorite thing. That's, that's really hard. Um, I really love, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff right now for some reason, probably because we're, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, I guess. Um, carrot pie is one oh. of <laughs> I'm sorry. You just shook what? something loose there. You can okay. finish, finish your thought. Okay. And I'm, I'm no, I sorry. Just, I mean, to bust in on you like that. That was terrible. Carrot pie. My dad uh, made, I don't remember one time he made carrot pie and he said his mom always made it. And I, I didn't remember ever eating it. I suppose when I was a kid, I'd be like, carrot uh -huh. pie, what? Uh -huh. It is my favorite pie in the whole world. And so I really love making that and it's really yummy, but I have so many things that I love to make because I love to eat. And I love to be in the kitchen, so it's hard to pick a favorite. Yeah, I agree with you. And your mm. carrot pie rocks. <laughs> have you made I it? I have. I have. So <laughs> I made your carrot pie. Okay. I saw one of your newsletters. Yeah. This is before I reached out to you. I yeah. Said, well, like you published this thing about carrot pie quite a, quite a while. Jeez, it must have been like it's two years ago. It, yeah. I don't even know. It was, okay. it's been around it, for a while. It was, it's, it's in the, it's in the past, way in the past. Okay. So I saw this, <laughs> this carapai recipe. I'm like, yes, this looks amazing. I, I don't know why it struck me as looking amazing, but it just, right. it was like one of those sort of things, like, you know, you go to a, a restaurant where nothing has ever been bad, but there's odd things on the menu and it makes you particularly brave. Yes. <laughs> Yes. You're like, I would never put those two things together, but I've never had anything bad here. So I'm going to give it there a try. Go. Yep. I had one of those feelings, even though I'd never tried one of your recipes before. <laughs> so... You had a lot of faith. <laughs> I did. 
did. I forget. It's just a pie, right? Even it's not, you know, a whole pig, right? Yeah. Right. It's a pie. So I made this pie. Yes. It was life-changing. Like really? I, <laughs> it's so good. I can't believe I'm saying this. This was so funny. It was just so funny. So I love this carrot pie and I took a picture of it. <laughs> Yes, which is going to have to end it out. <laughs> so I took a picture of this carrot pie and I was like so stoked about this. I'm like, oh my God, you got to try Oh my God, you got to try this. <clears throat> my family's like, okay, it's good. I'm like, no, oh. it's amazing. They're like, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like it. I absolutely loved it. I was like, you guys, you have no taste. Like this sucks, right? <clears throat> Fine, I'm gonna eat the rest of my pie. <laughs> I love that so pie really, so much. I enjoyed this pie. And I was creating a Twitter account. And I was like, <laughs> damn it, carrot pie. <laughs> <laughs> so my handle on Twitter is carrot pie. <laughs> it's a picture. <laughs> that is the most amazing thing. <laughs> if you I love like that, that so much. Fairhill Farm, but to write to me, it's at Carrot Pie. There's a picture of a carrot pie instead of a turkey or something that I grow. That is amazing. And it just looks like this brownish orange plump. <laughs> Because you know it's like <laughs> the size of a lentil bean on yes. your on yes. your screen. You're like, You're like, what, what the hell is that? Is and that? I realized, I realized, oh, maybe <laughs> someone could misconstrue this name as something else. <laughs> so I just I left, and I'm like, whatever. That's amazing. So it's still there. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm a big fan of your carrot pie. <laughs> now I know why you were like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so funny of this all the foods that I was thinking about. I'm like, carrot pie. That's the one that came to my mind. That's oh awesome. My <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Tears streaming down my uh, face here. Oh, my God. That is too funny. That's awesome. Uh, oh, my gosh. Carrot pie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna laugh the next time you look at a carrot pie <laughs> i am i should go make one tonight <laughs> well mm. one of my favorite things is something i just started doing this year and it's making grape jam i had never yeah. made grape jam until this year yeah um i planted grape vines years ago mm -hmm. and they just failed like i sucked at growing grapes oh really? i don't know what happened like they mm. they died or a deer would eat them or something yeah. happened yeah. i was like gosh dang it so I tried for like the third time and planted these grapevines. And the first year it was like two leaves. The third mm -hmm. second year it was like four leaves. And then the third year I was like, okay, I got 10 leaves. And then this yeah. is the fourth year. And something was like, something went crazy and mm -hmm. magic happened. And I ended up mm. with like 50 pounds of grapes. Nice. <laughs> I was like, nice. oh my goodness, this is out of one grapevine. I was like, my yeah. goodness. It's like that grapevine hit its stride. And so I started looking up, how do I... Cause I, I, 
ate the grapes. I'm like, oh my God, they're a seeded variety. I forgot and I kind of panicked. I was like, oh no, what do I do with this? So I read about it and it's the world's easiest jam to make. You don't even need to add pectin because it's got natural pectin in there. So I have a ton of grape jam. And growing up, I never, like, I didn't like grape jelly. Mm -hmm. I never had anyone make grape jam. From the store, you mean? Well, Welch's, you know, the purple stuff, grape juice, no thank you, right? Wine, of course, totally different. Yeah. you know, never had grape jam, grape preserves, grape jelly. I just never cared for it. You know, it's yeah. the last thing to get picked out of the little, yes. you know, jelly pack if you're <laughs> at a cheap diner. Like, yeah, I guess I've got grape left. It's either grape or apple. I'll take grape. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, fast forward to this past week. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I have so much of it. It's really tasty. Yeah. And it tastes completely different. Like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. You grow grapes too, right? Yes. And we always have the problem that wasps get to our grapes. Mm. And then, so we've really, really struggled with wasps in our grapes and being able to pick them without being stung a thousand million times. So we're still struggling through that. But this was the first year that I've been able to pick grapes for probably Mm -hmm. four years and actually get enough to do something without, you know, being attacked by the wasps. And uh, yeah, it's, it's so good. And it's, it's so funny because I made some juice with it. Mm -hmm. and um my husband like took some of it and was gonna drink it and I said I didn't sweeten that because my husband likes things pretty sweet and I'm like I didn't sweeten that so you know just so you know and he goes to take a sip and he's like this is amazing (laughs) and I'm like yes so yeah it's so good and it's so not like what you know if you've only had welches or you know grape jelly from the store it's it's a totally different thing totally different thing yeah it's so different that I feel like why do they name that grape stuff when it could taste like this? Like, what is that? I'm not sure what that. What is, even that's is not, that? Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, um, raspberry preserves are the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, oh, this is what raspberry flavors from. Yeah, when we moved here, we didn't, we didn't even know that because we moved here. Um, I think we closed on the house in December, so mm-hmm. we didn't even understand the full awesome of the farm because you uh-huh. know we hadn't seen it in the spring or the you know summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved here in 2011. So then 2012, we're walking around. We're like, "What? What is that over there? Oh my god, it's raspberries! It's this huge like ra- like huge raspberry patch." So yeah, I had oh. to figure out what do we do with these and yeah, all the treasures that you find and realize. So- yeah, it's it, it how did you decide what to tackle first on your farm? <laughs> um well, like I said earlier when we moved here, my parents lived with us for the first 2 years and so mm-hmm. it was it was very easy to kind of divide and conquer with a lot mm. of stuff because when we moved here there was so much stuff that needed to be done on the farm. Nobody had lived here for 4 years. Oh. And so, you know, there was lots of stuff we like had to fix up the house before we could move into it. Like there was no flooring. There was no, like there was a bunch of stuff that needed to be done to it. And so did all of that and then moved on to, there was very high levels of sheep manure in the barn that had like never been cleaned out. And so we had so much stuff to do. And um, so there, there was no shortage of things to do when we moved here. It was just kind of Mm -hmm. figuring out who was going to do what and, um, it was nice once we got that structure in place and figured out, okay, everything, you know, these are the buildings that are usable. Here's, you know, what we need to do to make these usable and then move on to 
what's the next discovery that we made? And yeah, it was just, when I think back to that, it's just, it's wild, all the stuff that we had to do and did. And like, how did we get it all done? It's just, what did you do? How much did you, what did you end up changing on your property? Um, I know there was a building we had to take down. (laughs) Um, it was falling down, but it, um, and so like the people we got our loan through, they were like, you need to take that building down. Um, you have to re-roof this barn because we have two barns on our property. You have to paint. They wanted us to paint the barns, which was so strange. I'm like, why do we have to paint the but it was just very strange some of the things we had to do, but um, you know, putting up fencing because of course we were gonna go with horses and the goats and mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Um yeah, just so many different things. And it's all just like mush back here, you know, because it's <laughs> You know, I suppose if I went and found pictures of what it looked like when we moved here and then went, wow, it's, you know, things we've moved, buildings we've taken down and things we fixed and yeah. So did were you the first one to put in a garden there? <clears throat> Was there an existing garden? Um, I'm trying to think if they had a garden. There is only one other family that's lived at this farm. So, oh. um, <clears throat> the house we are in is actually the second house on this property. There was a older house that mm-hmm. um, I think this house was built in 67. So before that, there was like a yellow brick house, like a really old, you know, original. Um, so it was one family that lived here. And then um, the kids all moved away. The mom died, the dad died, and then it was empty for four years. And then we bought it. So I still have contact with one of the kids that lived here. So that's really fun to talk to him. And, you know, every once in a while he'll share like old pictures of the farm and like pictures of his mom, you know, and he'll say, you remind me so much of my mom. And, you know, so that's really cool to hear. And um, I know that she had lots of flowers, but I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen like pictures of a garden here. So we actually have our garden where like their cows used to be actually in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's very productive. Wow. Do you, how do you, how do you run your garden? Is it like raised beds? Do you use manure? How do you run your garden? Um, We have one spot that is raised beds. We do some Ruth Stout garden stuff too for like Uh, um, potatoes and onions and yeah. mm -hmm. We've added stuff to the garden. Just it, we haven't done as much the last few years, but you know, again, that whole <clears throat> being gone kind of thing. So it's fun to like sit and talk about this because, you know, you realize like, oh, all this stuff that I'm going to do next year, it's going to be great to just get back on track. It'd be so fabulous. I think if I had to take, <clears throat> excuse me, if I'd taken a year or two off gardening. Yeah. I think I would be like planning on settling in for the winter with some of those seed porn catalogs, right? Like, <laughs> you know right. what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> the big fat ones. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the whole seed catalog. And yeah. 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 I love going through them. Yeah. Um, I was in the barn um, last weekend or the weekend before just cleaning and organizing and kind of, you know, like dreaming about, you know, what to do. And I found a bucket of seeds from 2012. <laughs> bucket (laughs) of seeds from 2012 that is the first year that we put a garden in here that would have been because we moved in december of 2011 so 2012 would have been the first year that we had a garden i've no idea why i have an ice cream bucket and it's all the seed packets Mm -hmm. but like a whole bucket of i i'm like what (laughs) what are you gonna do 
I'm going to attempt to plant them, obviously, okay. not until next year. Everybody's like, start them now. I'm like, but what would I do with them? It's Minnesota uh, no. and it's winter. Like, mm. I don't have anything to do with them. But yeah, definitely we'll start them in uh, in the spring and see if we can get some of them to germinate. So that oh will be fun. Oh, my goodness. That what a treasure. <laughs> I'm like, 2012, what the heck? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How have been hiding? So I, I recently, this past year, went through my box of seeds. Yeah. And in different times I have attempted to organize things a little better, <laughs> be a little yeah. better about getting rid of old stuff. Right. But at a certain point I'm like, I've just got so much stuff. And then I talked to another friend of mine who's a gardener and he's like, you know what I do when I find things like that? I'm like you find things like every gardener's got one of those like buckets or boxes of seed, like old seeds. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I'm like, okay, I don't feel so bad. <clears throat> so he just like, he like puts all the things together yeah that are kind of similar like all the lettuces and radishes and beets and yep. things like that and he kind of just snips the tops off of all of these things and pours them in and then flings them out on the compost pile or puts them out because it's going to be such low germination rate oh sure you know after like a decade yep. or something like yep. that and he said sometimes oh. it's perfect and sometimes it was like everything goes bananas it just you never know what's going to happen Oh, that's cool. So, <clears throat> I'm like, well, that's interesting. So I go. was rifling through some of my boxes recently and because I said, oh, I got to order the seed catalogs. So yes. Like, uh, don't you have enough seeds downstairs? I'm like, no, we never have enough seeds. <laughs> never. Never. Right. And um, I thought I better, I better go cut off a bunch of things and yes, put them in at least one jar together. So then at least it looks like I'm not hoarding as badly as I actually am. There I could like put them in a jar and say must plant, you know, spring 2023, throw in a little <laughs> compost pile or something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> that is funny. It was just yeah. strange because it wasn't where it, it wasn't even where gardening stuff was. Like it was That's just this random bucket. I'm like, what, what's in this bucket? And I open it up and I'm like, what? so strange. Just a little I treasure I was meant to find, I guess. I don't know. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Is there some sort of variety in there that you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this. I didn't even look at really what the seeds were. I was so like, what in the world? Oh, what know. if you have like glass gem know, um, right? corn or something like a white eggplant or I don't know. My guess beans or something crazy. My here here's what I think probably <clears throat> happened because it was our first garden here at the farm. Mm-hmm. My guess is I ordered a bazillion seeds uh -huh. and planted a bunch of seeds and then had this bunch that I was like, I don't have room for it. Mm -hmm. And I put it in this bucket. For safekeeping. For safekeeping to it's find the safe. next year huh. or, you know, 11 years later or whatever. It... Oh, so funny. So funny. So if if someone... <laughs> Change gears here a little bit. <laughs> okay. So if someone was going to be thinking about starting a farmstead or a, or a homestead or something like that what based on your own experiences and other people that you've met and stories you've heard what would your advice to them be mm. what would my advice be um i think i would today i would probably say make sure you know why you want to start a homestead make sure you know what your reason is, what you want to do. Um, not that you you shouldn't listen to anybody else, not that you shouldn't talk to other people or, you know, take their advice or whatever. Ironic because I'm giving advice, but um, I, I, <laughs> I think sometimes 
it's really easy to get sucked into what other people want to do, especially with the internet, especially mm. with so many YouTube channels and and homesteaders with blogs and homesteaders with Facebook pages. And it, it's so easy to get sucked into what other people want to do or what other people are doing. And I, I think knowing what you or you and your significant other or you and your family, knowing what your purpose is in moving to the farm and being able to come back to that, I think... Hmm is a really good idea so you don't get super off track because I think it's really easy to get off track yes. either because you get very distracted with all the things you want to do or uh -huh. because you know you go down a, a rabbit trail of something that isn't for you yeah yeah I've heard a lot of stories of people who get in over their heads really quickly yeah yeah it's and it, it's tempting because when you especially if you've wanted to get to the farm for a long time you get there and you're like ta-da and you want to do everything all at once and it's so easy to get overwhelmed uh, with the amount of chores with the the mm -hmm. money it's going to take to do everything you want to do it's there, there's so much that goes into it and it's yeah it's very easy to get overwhelmed I wouldn't go so far as to say you know, there are people who will say, wait a year, move to your farm and wait a year because you need to see the lay of the land. You need to see where the sun is. You need to see, you know, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, logically it makes sense, but I don't know anybody who's <laughs> who's really going to be able to wait a year, you know. But um, yeah, I think just knowing why you're there and and what your purpose is and what you want to really accomplish if you have to like pare it down to, you know, just one little thing or one sentence, you know, why are we here? What are we trying to do? I think that's helpful to know that. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. <clears throat> yeah. So what are you going to be up to next in the farmish kind of life world that you've got there? <laughs> the farmish kind of life world? Yeah. Well, I'm back to the podcast, so that is fun. I took a break oh, there yeah. trying to figure mm -hmm. out stuff, and now I'm back. And... Mm -hmm. Um, that is good. Always working on writing. I really should put out a homesteading book just to like process things and work through things. And I think that that would, that would be good. Um, still doing the farmish papers, still enjoying that. As far as on the farm, I think it's going to be really good to just spend this winter just really kind of you know, now being in this new stage of life where, okay, the kids are adults, they're coming and going, um, you know, eventually we'll be moving on to do their own things at their own places and just figuring out what the homestead looks for, looks like for my husband and I, and, and, you know, just that new stage and what we want to do and what it is for us and, you know, how to just continue making it our place of peace and are just, yeah, it's where we kind of process life and just how it can continue to be that with some Beautiful. really good food. Oh yeah. Got to keep always, always the good food. That's always the good part. food. Yeah. Yes. Always the good food. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, this has been really, really fun. Um, how can people follow your work and support your next thing and see what you're up to? Uh, my website is a farmish kind of life.com. You can pretty much find out anything you're going to need to know there. Um, as far as social media, I'm most active on Facebook. Usually I also have a telegram group. I can give you the link if you want that. It's too messy to say. Okay. 
Um, what else? That, that's that's pretty much where I am. You can email me at amy at a farmishkindoflife.com. Otherwise, yeah, my website is pretty much what I base out of. So, Sure. Yeah. Are your books on Amazon or only on your website? They are on Amazon. They are also on my website, but that just links to Amazon because that's where everybody buys the books. So that's where I got them. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's been wonderful talking to you today. Thank you. This was fun. All right.